I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Drug makers about 10% of the time fail to report serious adverse events to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration within the time required, according to a recent study in the Journal of the American Medical Association. We spoke to Pinar Karaja Mandich, study co-author and associate professor of health policy and management at the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota, about the study, the concerns it raises, and whether regulators need to rethink the way Adverse events are reported. Panara, thanks for joining us. We're going to discuss your recent study in JAMA that found pharmaceutical companies about 10% of the time are failing to report serious adverse events of their drugs to the FDA in the time frame required. First, though, perhaps we can start with some basics. What's the difference between an adverse event and a serious adverse event. Um, yes, so um, adverse serious events are actually um, defined uh, pretty carefully in the regulation. Um, as we also note in our paper, serious adverse events are those that involve death, a life-threatening adverse drug experience, inpatient hospitalization, or prolongation of existing hospitalization, and another type of significant disability incapacity. And in all these cases, this pertains to something not already on the label. Um, unexpected is exactly, it is something that is not listed in the current labeling. And when we talk about in our report, the types of um, adverse events that are subject to the 15-day regulation of the FDA are those that are serious and unexpected. And in terms of the requirements, what are drug makers required to do? Um, so we cite in the paper a particular regulation, uh, which basically says that the manif- first of all, I should note that when um, we as consumers, when we use the, uh, any of the drugs and when we think that we have an adverse event related to the drug or when our pharmacist or, or, or our doctor suspects that our adverse event is related to the, to the drug, we can voluntarily report this to the FDA ourselves. Um, but something else that uh, people do, and actually we were very surprised because mostly what happens is that most of the time people report the event to the manufacturer directly. And the federal regulation requires that if the event is serious and unexpected, and there are certain exceptions, like it shouldn't be during a post-marketing study, et cetera. It shouldn't be coming through a poison center. But basically, um, the manufacturer, as soon as they hear about this event, they have to notify the FDA as soon as possible, but absolutely no later than 15 days. And that's what the regulation says. They could go on and investigate further to verify these adverse events, but they should, those verifications should come to the FDA as periodic follow-up reports. But the initial report has to go within the 15 days. 
Well, for your study, what data did you look at? Where did it come from? How many incidents did it include? Um, so we actually used the publicly available data set that is the, the FDA uh, Adverse Event Reporting Database, in short, F-A-E-R-S, the FARS database. And this is the database that FDA uses to update the drug warnings and just sort of examine and monitor post-marketing surveillance of these adverse events in general. And this is publicly available data. We pulled out all these adverse events that are subject to the 15-day regulation. Actually, FDA flagged these events that are subject to the 15-day regulation as expedited. So we pulled out all the expedited events um, from January 2004 to uh, June 2014. And we basically looked at only the initial reports, not the follow-up or the periodic reports, but just the initial reports of the, the serious and adverse events that are expedited. Uh, we eliminated some of these reports if there was an issue, like a date issue, if the date was missing, date of reporting was missing, or if the patient outcome was missing. But overall, we ended up with more than 1.6 million adverse, serious and unexpected adverse events. 1.6 million? More than 1.6 million. Wow. So what did you actually find? So what we looked at was um, whether manufacturers were complying with the federal regulation, whether they were actually uh, timely reporting the serious and unexpected adverse events within the 15-day window. And when we first looked at it, we noticed that about 10% of the events were not actually reported within the 15-day window. And now we looked into it a little bit more, and we wanted to figure out whether the patient or um, any characteristics of the events were related to this delay. So, for example, um, whether the seriousness of the events was a predictor of the delay. So, we, And then we found that um, adjusting for a bunch of other factors that we could observe in the, uh, this data set, we noticed that um, if the event involved patient death, then they were more likely to be delayed. So, ballpark sort of approximate numbers, our adjusted estimates suggested that among events that involved the patient death, 12% of them were reported with a delay, while among events that did not involve the patient death, nine, about 9% of them were uh, reported with delay. When you say they failed to meet the filing deadline in these cases, are we talking about a matter of days, months? How bad were the delays? Excellent question. When I say delay, I mean that they were not reported within the 15 days, but you raise an important question, where that was just a few days of delay or not, and that was another surprising finding in our report that these were not just a few days of delay. Um, so we looked at the whole distribution and what we saw, for example, among events that involved patient deaths, as I mentioned, 12% of them were not reported within the 15-day window. About 6% were reported between the 16 days to 90 days. About 3% were reported between the 91 day to 180 days. But about 3% were not reported by 180 days. They were delayed by more than 180 days. Was That's a lot of delays. Was there any difference in the type of adverse events that were reported in a timely manner 
compared to adverse events that were reported late? So the one series of metric that we have about the event is exactly um, whether the event involved patient death or not. And absolutely, uh, we found a strong relationship between whether the event involved patient death and whether it was delayed. Is there any evidence this creates a, a problem? Why, why should people be concerned about these delays? Well, um, as you raised, I mean, if these were delays of just a few days, then it could be hard to make that argument. But really, this database that we use, it's a publicly available database, and it's the, it's the actual database that FDA uses to timely update um, drug warnings. And so any delay, if there's a federal regulation that requires a particular amount of uh, time, um, if, if the federal regulation requires that the event have to be reported within a particular time window, and if we see delays in that, and if we see delays that are more than a few days, and if this delay is related to severity of the event, I mean, it could have important um, patient safety implications. How have these companies been penalized for their failure to comply with reporting requirements? Um, not this is not necessarily in the scope of our paper, but um, this is an interesting question, and we wonder the same thing. And we were not able to find that any particular manufacturer faced a legal or a financial penalty. Um, but we, we were able to find, uh, which is publicly available information on the FDA's website, is that FDA occasionally conducts um, on-site audits to the manufacturers. And we were able to locate warning letters that FDA has issued to particular manufacturers that cited issues of underreporting or uh, misclassification of the seriousness of the event, in particular downgrading of the seriousness of the event, and other issues related to the dates and delays in reporting. So we were able to find those um, publicly available warning letters, but um, nothing about a particular penalty. How much of a problem is the downgrading of these events? Are we getting serious adverse events that are being disguised as something milder? Um, again, I am not able to tell you the scope of that, but um, uh, we were able to find some warning letters that actually spoke to that issue. Again, we, we leave it with a note in our paper in our discussion that what we are finding could in fact be a um, the, <laughs> underestimate of the whole issue, you know, because what we were examining were the reports that were eventually reported, right, that they actually made it eventually to the FDA's website, and that we took the date that the manufacturer gave as the correct date. So, I mean, to the extent that there are some events out there that are not reported to the, the FDA database or that there may be some event where the manufacturer changed the date at which they heard about the adverse event, we are not able to capture any of those. Is there something fundamentally flawed in the reporting process? Does this suggest a need to change the way adverse events are reported to the FDA? You know, it's really difficult to say that because what we're showing in this paper is, yes, there is a definite problem. There's a problem to the extent that there is a federal regulation and compliance with the federal regulation is poor. Um, we're providing an empirical support to this issue. But, you know, our study is not really about the optimality of the regulation itself, but it does, as you suggest, make the case that one needs to investigate further 
why these delays are happening. And if there are issues about the regulation itself, they should also be revisited and maybe further clarification to the manufacturers, in fact, is needing, needed on how best they can comply. Um, but yeah, I mean, another possible action that we say is, you know, enforcement could be, could be increased. But again, without knowing the cost of enforcement, we're not able to say um, as a policy recommendation. And something else we mentioned in the paper is if the issue is that the manufacturer is holding up the report, then a possible remedy would be to suggest that and incentivize properly that the reports are actually submitted directly to the FDA rather than through an intermediary such as a manufacturer. Panar Karaja Mandich, Associate Professor of Health Policy and Management at the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota. Pinar, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much for your time and interest. Thanks. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.